Mueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Is this thing on? One, two, you, three. Ring. Microphone check. You ring. I think we're good. I think we're on. I think we're live. A little technical difficulties here to start the show. Mm-hmm. I, think, I don't know what's going on with my soundboard here, Motsu. We got the, the intro normally comes out of pot one on the B bar. It's coming out of pot three here. I had to switch some buttons around. It, it happens like that sometimes. You just gotta, you know. Audible and just and, 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 hey, handle the adversity and roll on the I fly, was, man. You should just, the look I gave you there. Like, yo, what, start, what's was, going on? Like I wasn't getting any sound levels on the board. I'm hitting the button here. I'm like, okay, wait a second. Let's you, go. You, you, you over here frantic, and I'm that that <laughs> meme of the house on fire. I'm just sitting at the table. This oh yeah, we're fine. This, this is, is normal. This is <laughs> It'll turn on eventually. Don't worry, guys. We're blinking our eyelids. <laughs> right, we're cutting our eyelids off. I should say we're not blinking. We're gonna figure it out here. All right. Uh, what's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It's a little after high noon on a Wednesday afternoon. Time to go inside the electric factory arthur moats wesley euler with you here on snr a decade of nfl experience and a really good head of hair between us here on the show and you know the drill you want to chime in anytime over the next two hours you can find us on the dot com i'm talking the twitter.com of course at wesley euler at the body 52 the body um, besides that little heart attack there what's up cousin Man, I'm living a good life. Baby can't complain at all. I mean, it's rivalry week. It's Ravens week. So, you know, I'm extra mm. excited about that. And it looks like on the TV that Carlos Dunlap just got traded to the Seahawks in exchange for a draft pick. What? <laughs> it literally just flashed. All right. In the middle of me talking. All right. <laughs> what? Did you think that that was funny of what he posted about, like, I got my place for sale? Holy cow. I wasn't even paying attention <laughs> to any of that stuff, man. I couldn't even tell you that anything was going on in Cincinnati. Okay, if I so wasn't looking just what... at this TV, I would have had no clue what was going on All with right, Carlos we're gonna, Dunlap, We're going to get into Ravens Steelers here what? in just a minute. <laughs> Did you see what he tweeted? No. So Carlos, Carlos Dunlap tweeted, uh, it was either, I think it was Monday. He tweeted, um, I've got a place for sale in downtown Cincinnati, really nice apartment. What? Uh, like, you know, I can give it to you furbished or unfurbished, doesn't what? matter. Just let me know. Contact serious inquiries only. So he's been trying to get out wow. of Cincinnati months. I had zero clue. Yeah, it looks like, like he said, might for, have uh, gotten his wish there. And for me, man, you know how it goes. I'm looking at who we're playing this week right, mainly. Right. I don't really, like look ahead into the Bengals. I had no clue that storyline was even happening, but yeah, when it was popped up, news alert, I was like, whoa, 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 all right, okay. Yeah, hold on a second here. Well, well I'll take it then. Slow, so, your, slow your roll. <laughs> so outside of that shiny object slash distraction slash critical AFC North news, other than that, I'm great. So it says draft pick compensation, right? So we yeah, don't know they, they exactly. Didn't, they didn't give the details of the picks, but they just said he was traded to the Seahawks, and obviously the Seahawks need pass It's a good pickup by the Seahawks, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, their defense has been a little iffy at times. And we know that from a pass rush standpoint, they haven't been able to generate consistent pass rush. I know they had some injuries. Your boy Bruce Irvin being one mm-hmm. of them. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you bring in a guy like Carlos Dunlap, we know what he is just from the AFC North and him being in this division, seeing him Certainly. twice a year. I mean, he is a handful. I think it's a good pickup by them. I know he's excited. Oh, without a <laughs> doubt. A legit contender. Without a doubt. I think he has like, made his feelings about Cincinnati known. Um, yeah, and you go from Cincinnati to Seattle, you go from kind of a, a bottom feeder to a team that is definitely a contender in the NFC. Motes, I, like, the trade deadline for the NFL, it's really changed over the last few years. Oh, yeah, I felt like— It never it, used to be that interesting. Now it's like— Listen, I feel like— Yannick Ngakwe, it was, it Carlos been, Dunlap. It was probably six, five or six years ago when it shifted because I remember 
um, at the time, this would have been going into my third year in the league. I had to. I was actually like pulling up research on this. It was part of my class. I was doing doing my masters. In, okay. And we were just talking about this the, the trade market, and I was like, man, just comparing. NFL trades right. versus NBA trades and how NBA you get draft day trades and then you get actual like trade deadline trades and how literally NFL was the least amount of activities when it would come to a trade deadline. We were talking about how you would typically see maybe four or five trades throughout the year and never blockbuster big name trades. Right. And then around 2014, 2015, that thing started to shift. It really did. And now, big names. And now we see big names on the move all the time. Even if you don't even like your situation, like this used to be unheard of. You could never force your way out of a situation no. or force a trade. Definitely not in the NFL. Right. You never had to worry about trade clauses and stuff. Now that's prevalent in the NFL, man. It's crazy to see how it's evolved in that in that whole uh, yeah. aspect. No, it really is. You're right. Like growing up, right, it was like, okay, the NBA, always a lot of trades. The NHL, usually very active teams are on trade deadline day in the NHL. Even in baseball where it's a little bit different, right? They don't necessarily have the – like the firm trade deadline like the other leagues do because, you know, mm-hmm. they have the trade deadline, but then they have like another month where you're allowed to make moves through the waiver right. wire is still. So even baseball has kind of been a mixed bag in that regard. But, yeah, it seems like year by year the NFL gets more and more interesting at the trade deadline. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here. And Motsy, it's Ravens week, baby. <sighs> Woo! Doesn't it get your blood boiling? I'm listening, man. I woke up on Monday. It was it was twelve oh one. I couldn't even sleep in the twelve oh two. Twelve oh one. I said, "Oh Lord, wife, you say you alright, baby?" I said, "No." She said, "Baby, what's going on?" She, she said, "You got the Rona she or something." Said, you got a nightmare. Your tummy hurt. What was the five guys? I said, "No." She <laughs> said, "What is it?" Guys. I said, "Baby, it's Ravens week. We gotta have this. Well, we gotta have this." She was like, oh, Lord, all right. And after that, man, she went up, turned the light on, we cut the music. I got to working out. It was time to go. Start having flashbacks. That PTSD be kicking in every once in a while when it's Raven Week, baby. You know that. But, see, there's there's nothing like a uh, like a proper rivalry, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and, and I know last year it didn't really necessarily feel the same without Big Ben. But now it, it feels like Steelers-Ravens is back to where it's supposed to be. This is, like, this is to me – a, a real, I'm going to use that term a lot, it's a proper rivalry, right? Mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of debate. We always argue this, okay, but it's the best rivalry in the NFL. You talk about Bears and, and, and Packers. You talk about Steelers and Ravens, right? A lot of people will bring up uh, Cowboys and the football team or Cowboys and the Eagles. Um, you know, Colts and Patriots had its time. Niners and, C- and the Seahawks is always rough, right? But Moats, I don't think any of those stack up with Steelers-Ravens just on a consistency basis. Like, don't get me wrong. If we're talking in the history of the National Football League, it's Packers and Bears. Like, that is the historic rivalry. But for three decades, that's been all Green Bay. Like, mm-hmm. it's been Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. It's been mm-hmm. all Packers since the 90s. I'm not going to lie. For me, I had to become the football historian to realize how big that rivalry yeah. was. Yeah. Because in our lifetime... It it's hasn't been, been a rivalry. It's been one-sided. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why Steelers and Ravens is so big now, or even Cowboys and football team, which side note, when you said Cowboys and football team, I really did not know who you were talking about. <laughs> Whoa! I was sitting here like, like bro. He, I was like, what's he on today? Like, what's he talking about? Who, who are you forgetting, bro? He's got the soundboard messing like, up one? over there. He's talking about football team. <laughs> what said, is I said, he this doing? Is, this is literally like one of the oldest rivalries. What do you mean? <laughs> Cowboys and the football team. And I was like, oh. The football team. Got the football team. I'm with it now. I got you. So, so yeah. (laughs) But I think that's why, you know, in our generation, I mean, we're both around that same age in the 30 years. It's been, like I said, Steelers, Ravens, Cowboys football team because 
Green Bay has dominated, dominated. that matchup. But that, I think that's what makes this Ravens-Steelers week so just massive in terms of the notoriety it gets and the respect it gets, not only from the players within the rivalry, but the players around the league. Mm-hmm. Even when I was in Buffalo, before I even got introduced to Pittsburgh or even Baltimore for that, uh, for that um, situation, we would still turn in to watch it. It was still like, bro, that's that's still his Ravens, man. We're going to watch this game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all remember watching. Now, granted, it didn't work out, but the Coach T on the field, jumping on the field like, man, I wasn't in Pittsburgh. I had zero interest in that game, but it was like, man, it's still his Ravens. You turning in for that because you know somebody's getting knocked out. It's going to be blood. You're going to see Big Ben out there. You're going to see, well, at the time, you had the, the usual suspects, your Ed Reeds, your Ray Lewis's, sure, your sure. Suggs. But you just knew that, hey, man, throw the records out the window and typically – most of the time, the records were both good on good. But even when they were, you know, a little bit of a down year sure, from a record standpoint, sure. you knew that game right there was going to be worth the price of admission. Yeah, it's Armageddon, right? And it feels like that again. Last year, it, it really didn't. And there, they were they were high-stakes games. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But it didn't feel the same as it did this year. You got, well, you got 6-0 and versus 5-1. and one. Mm-hmm. And obviously, a bigger portion of why... It wasn't viewed the same last year. Was number one, Mason, up to that point, had already showed a little bit of flaws in his game from that Seahawks second half that he came in. And, and I think that kind of just tapered down expectations, especially how good the Ravens were out the gate last year. Sure. And then obviously the second time around playing them, we're trying to go through the quarterback carousel again. We have finally went back to Duck after Mason got injured in the Jets game. And you're just like, man, well, the Ravens don't even have anything to play for. They're right. not even having their guys dressed And the Steelers this, you weren't know? controlling their Absolutely. fate at this point either. So it was so, just so yeah. – that was one of those one-off years. But you think about even with that, both of those games, one of them went into overtime. Those games still like, meant like, something. Yeah, even though, <laughs> feel, the even though they didn't feel right. the same, they still so, meant so, something. So it's like, okay, if typically this rivalry ranks at a 9 or a 10 – that was probably last year was a like six an eight or a seven. Seven and a half. And, and, and I said six only because the last game they don't sure, play their stars. We yeah. ended up you having a duck out there, and it was just yeah. a little bit different yeah. in terms of the matchups. Typically, right, right. you have at least one of these guys in there, right? right. Where before Lamar was Joe Flacco, and then even if Joe was hurt, you still were going to have Big Ben. If Big Ben was hurt, obviously C. Batch came in, but you still had other notable players in there. I a think lot of last Hall year famers. it was a little bit yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. But it is it. The best rivalries to me are the ones that are actually competitive. The ones that it's close, it's even every year. Like, I haven't enjoyed Ohio State-Michigan for a long time. I've liked Alabama-Auburn more. You, you know what I mean? Because Alabama-Auburn, man, it, it's been and, and not you 50-50, could say, but right, it could go either way, You can say way, Alabama's been the big dog, and they have, but Auburn's also won a national championship well, no, 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 in the last not, 12 not, years. Not they played one. for another. Yeah, yeah they they've played been for two. Multiple. They won yeah. for one. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. And they and when you look they've at, derailed Auburn seasons, yes. or Alabama seasons a few times in there. Because I'm like, you, you think of two instances, right? You think of obviously what Cam Newton was able to do, but then remember the uh, the missed field goal return for a touchdown right. as well. The like, kick six. Yeah, like those type of moments happened in those type of rivalry games, and that's why they were kind of magnified to the status in which they were. We don't see that all the time when you talk about Ohio, Michigan, we, no. Ohio State, Michigan. We, we don't, no. we don't, we don't, like, is it going to be a three score game or a two score game? Like, can, can we make it respectable? You've, even you want to go different sports and, and other big rivalries. You want to talk Red Sox, Yankees, right? Yeah. It hasn't felt the same for a while. Very true. Because like early in this decade, the Yankees were eh, average and the Red Sox were really good. Mm-hmm. And then in the last few years, the Red Sox have been eh, yeah. average and the and the Yankees have been really good. Like which I'm not opposed to, so we keep that right. Going. And I know that the Red Sox have won a championships more recently than the Yankees, but you get what I'm like. It just hasn't. They haven't met in a big epic playoff Absolutely. series in forever. Those two teams, it just hasn't felt the same. 
Steelers-Ravens, Arthur Motes. Head-to-head since 1999. <laughs> 23 wins for the Steelers, 23 wins for the Ravens. That's a rivalry. Blood on the moon, baby. Blood it, 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 on it the moon. It reminds me a lot, too. Like, I was looking this up, right? Uh, you know in the last 100 games of the Duke-UNC basketball series? Mm-hmm. You want to know what the record is there? Last 100 games? Yeah. It's got to be 50-50 or 51-49. 50-50. Yeah, I was about to say absolutely, and even, man. Even better. <laughs> even better? Yeah. Both Duke and North Carolina in those 100 games scored the same amount of points over no, those no, 100 w- games. Without a doubt. I, I could totally understand. Like, That's a rivalry, man. it doesn't even That's matter. That's a rivalry. Anytime those games are played, even if one side is a little bit banged up than the other, it still doesn't matter. It's been times where Duke, which I'm a Duke fan, has been on the short end from a talent standpoint due to injuries, and they still find a way to upset right. UNC. Right. And vice versa, and you're pulling your hair out like, bro, man, they don't even this got this guy. This was supposed to be the year we were man. supposed to want these guys. <laughs> but every time you played them twice a year, sometimes three if you count the ACC tournament, you just never know what's going to happen, man. Uh, don't get me wrong. If you're an Ohio State fan, you love the fact that you beat up on Michigan every year. It, it doesn't make you hate them any less. But I, I just think those those rivalries where it's you know it's gunfighter versus gunfighter, mm-hmm. and and anybody can get shot, and it's it's a toss up year to year. That that's what you wait for, and 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 I think that'll play out. I feel like this Steelers Ravens game, aside from that Monday night Ravens Chiefs game, this will be the most hyped game mm-hmm. uh, that we've seen in the National Football League this season. I definitely agree, man, and for right and for right reasons, man. When you look at both of their records, one team is undefeated, one team has one loss. When the Ravens and Chiefs played, both teams at the time were, uh, I believe, yeah, both teams at the time were undefeated as well. So yep. that yep. played into why that game got so much notoriety. Obviously, you had the quarterbacks matchup. This right here, you get good on good. You got the the uh, what reigning MVP technically yep. with Lamar Jackson, yep. and then you have the two time Super Bowl champion, future Hall of Famer, and Big Ben dueling it out. You Coaches think about that are in their thirteenth and fourteenth yeah. seasons yeah, you, with their you, teams. You look, you look at John Harbaugh versus Mike Tomlin. That whole storyline, the defenses. Um, obviously, the Steelers now have the number one rank, so you know Baltimore's feeling some type mm-hmm. of way about that. First place in the divisions on Absolutely, the line. Absolutely, man. It's just so much. That is in 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 this particular matchup, and I feel like both teams did a good job these past two weeks. Obviously, you know the the, the Ravens they executed in Week Six, got the dub against the Eagles, had the off week. Steelers big time win at home against the Browns, who were what four and one at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you come back big time win on the road against the undefeated Titans team. So both teams have done their fair share to make sure that this rivalry and make sure this game right here hmm. is put on a pedestal like it should be. Yeah. So that's why I think I'm so excited about it and why still a nation and just the NFL fans are excited for this game because man, this is this is what you dream for right here. You want this matchup when it's good on good. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, you, and you I mean you you absolutely nailed it there. It is this is I mean, arguably, you could certainly make an argument, right? And we're going to get the best of the West. We'll, we'll lay out how we feel about this. But you could easily argue right now it's the two best teams in the National Football League. You can make that argument. Um, and, yeah, the Steelers are battle-tested. The Ravens are hungry to prove that last year wasn't a fluke and that this is still their division. It, a whole lot of storylines to like here, Arthur. A whole lot of storylines. Oh, uh, speaking of storylines, we do have to discuss Antonio Brown's return to Tampa Bay oh, a lot of here at, at some point. And uh, it's Ben's Day Wednesday. We're going to hear from the quarterback as well. So a whole bunch planned for you here. Oh, a whole lot of content. 
on this Wednesday. <laughs> Get those tweets in at Wesley Euler at the Body 52. The Body. Our buddy Thrash says that he thinks Mozi messes with the buttons because he knows Wes is big time and can handle any adversity. Hey, talk about it. <laughs> and then, you know, we're we're uh, we're talking about adversity here on the show today. Uh, David says Wes is the pro's pro. He just rattled off Cowboys versus the football team without a hitch. Yeah, without yeah, a baby. doubt, man. That's big time. <laughs> I was over here with the puzzle face like, bro, I don't know what you were talking about right now, man. So keep those tweets rolling in. You know, we'll get to them throughout the show. And the Ravens-Steelers conversation continues on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler inside the electric factory on a Wednesday getting ready. For Stellars. Steelers. Against them Ravens. Ratbirds. Boo. Baltimore boo. Arthur Motes, you know I do the research. You know I got the stats. You know nobody's got more information than me. This is a big fact. Last night I uh, stumbled onto a discovery that didn't make me feel so great. Hmm. Interesting. Jim Harbaugh. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know where you was going. You made me a little nervous. Sorry, John Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh's the guy who's up in Michigan. That's the khaki (laughs) one. Well, technically, they both wear khakis, but he wears, like, the same pair of khakis, it looks like. John Harbaugh. Uh, This is his 13th year at the helm for the Baltimore Ravens. One year less than Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. 14th season for Coach T. 13th year for Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is 10-2 as the Ravens head coach coming off a bye week. Motsi, that's pretty good. Now, I realize most, most good coaches do have winning records after the bye week. Mm-hmm. Duh. But, man, 10-2, and two, that's pretty good. And I think that explains – I think that's part of why, I should say, why maybe some of us were surprised the Ravens opened as such big, you know, almost a touchdown favorites. I think when you look at the fact that they're coming off a bye week where Harbaugh's so good, that this doesn't matter as much, but they still are the mm-hmm. home team, right? That doesn't right. matter as much during a pandemic, even though they will have some fans there for the first time, will the Baltimore Ravens. And, and like I said, too, I, I do think in a weird way, like, this game almost means more to them in the sense of, like, they feel like they're disrespected and they feel like everyone's giving the Steelers all the credit and we're the team that went 14-2 and two last year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Motsi, I, uh, when I saw that 10-2 and two number, though, like I said, it, it made sense to me why some of that original, oh, man, that's a really big number for the Ravens to open. Mm-hmm. If you look at some of the indicators, it, it at least makes more sense from a, from a national perspective. See, you missing out on a great opportunity here. Ooh. You said they're sitting at 10-2 and two after the bye, right? It could be 10-3. and three. Exactly. You said that they opened up with a six-point favorite, as you said, right? Yeah, it's down to... Well, no, no, I, I already took it at six. Don't worry about it. Three me. and a half now, I, I think. I caught it at six. Don't worry three about it. Three and a half me. or four and a half, depending. Yeah. Oh, I know you did. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 said, when, as soon as I, saw, I said, oh, y'all, y'all have messed up now. You're, you're, <laughs> you're a smart DJ, Arthur. I said, I'm going to get you before you change your mind, baby, before you change it. But, yeah, that 10 and 2, that doesn't scare me at all. In fact, the 10 and 2, like I said, it makes me excited because I know they bleed. <laughs> That's what it lets me know. Not once, because anything can happen once. I've seen it happen two times now, so it's no, it's no accident. Let's be know, hey, it's a recipe for it. There's mm. a blueprint for it, and we can go ahead and execute mm. that. 
And the thing, too, um, and obviously, man, we've been watching the Ravens a good amount now. Obviously, this week, more focused on them. They're very vulnerable. Oh, they are. They're, they in, are. In fact, I would tell you this. They're not they're, the same they're, team they're, that we saw last year. Think the Steelers, but just think a little bit less talent and a little bit less discipline, and that's who they are. Yeah. They they are very Steeler-like in terms of their offense, in terms of their defense, but they don't operate with the same level of detail that the team operates with. So you can see how often they've been penalized and how highly penalized they've been, whereas the Steelers haven't been as penalized. And then, like I said, man, from a talent standpoint, if you look at our roster, offense, defense, special teams, compared to theirs, we have the more talented roster in that regard. Excuse me. In that regard, it's I close, so but we have the nod in that in that reign, and, and I just think that that's the biggest difference with them, and that's ultimately why I feel really good about the Steelers in this matchup. Honestly, these next, I mean, when we talked about the Titans and the Ravens, the reason why I feel so good is just when you look at those style of teams and how they play, they aren't fast paced they're not the type that want to have a shootout they're the type that slow the they slow the game down by running it or obviously with the Ravens they run they they'll pass a little bit more but they still are predominantly a run first team they love to play defense and special teams teams like that I don't feel as concerned with because I know how how, how just from a Steelers offense perspective we have quick strike ability we have big playability whereas we saw uh, uh what game was I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it would have been either Texans or Eagles, where the offense wasn't necessarily moving, but we had the big play strikes. It was the Texans, the Texans game. Yep. That's what we have, where we can still win a game playing a slow, doing the 10, 12 play drives. Having that type of versatility versus teams like Baltimore and Tennessee, where they don't necessarily possess quick strike, right. just just big play. They're, they're more methodical. Now, they're puzzling and, and very difficult to contain. And they can hit those big and plays can, like we right. saw from A.J. Brown right, on but Sunday. But, but you're not worried about yeah. that consistently happening, whereas we know, man, the two throws to Claypool could be two touchdowns that, that were 100 yards, you know what I mean, in total. That's how the Texans like to operate a- absolutely. With, with Watson and, yes. and some of their, even without Hopkins, still talented wide receivers. Absolutely, yeah. man. So, so for me – I, I look at that and I get excited. And then also when you look at the Ravens, and we'll deep dive into them obviously as the week progresses, mm-hmm. number one, they have communication issues on the back end. That, that led to a couple of the Eagles' big plays. Mm-hmm. Even when they they scored the, the, the score to get within eight, the two-point conversion had a blown coverage on that as well. You're seeing that type of stuff happening. And obviously from a talent standpoint, they don't have the same level of talent losing Earl Thomas. Now I will sure. say this, Deshaun Elliott and, Chukes Clark, uh, and Chuck Clark – they, I'm putting respect on them. I know early on, man, I didn't think they could produce the way they were producing, but they have been able to create some splash, yep. create some turnover. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they had the big force fumble uh, Deshaun Elliott did on Carson Wentz last week, I mean, or two weeks ago before their bye week. So we are seeing some of that. But as a whole, they don't have enough. I just don't feel like they have enough. Now, they're going to make it. They, they, they definitely can present some challenges if we're not on our game. But – I fully expect us to be on our game. And I just think, man, if both parties are playing their best, which I always like to operate with the assumption of that because of the rivalry, hey, man, I just think that we have more talent and we execute a little bit better than what they're doing right now. And ultimately, I think that's why the records are what they are in terms of us being undefeated and them having one loss. I think it's a, a fair point by you, certainly. Um, look, you don't go 14-2 and two randomly in the National Football League. There's also a reason why teams don't win that many games very often. The Ravens have. They're, they're still a very capable team, Arthur Motes. And to be fair to them, right, like we've said about the Steelers, who they are in, in Week 7 and Week 8, 
doesn't mean that's who they're going to be in week 14, 15, 16. Like, like a lot of the things that we've talked about with Pittsburgh, they're allowed to improve. They're allowed to get better. They've got a good head coach as well, too. But, yeah, just the defense is still good, but it's not as good, I think, particularly on the back end as it was last year. Mm-hmm. The offense is still scoring points, but it's not as potent. It's not as uh, effortless as it seemed at times last year. They're not getting the same separation from their wide receivers. They're still getting a lot of success from their tight ends and in their run game. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't been through this. It hasn't been the same through the air, just purely for Lamar. Uh, and I mean, he threw what thirty? Was it thirty six touchdowns yeah, last? Thirty six touchdowns. touchdowns yes. Something crazy mm-hmm. last year, and only like six interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard not to take a step back from that. It is, you know, or it's, or it's just even maybe it's hard well, to maintain that from and, year and, to and year. This is the thing that's already difficult. And honestly, they still could be doing that, but they have so many penalties. Yeah, they do. Dude, when you watch them, it's almost alarming to think like a double team digit could penalties be, every yes, game. Yeah, that's the, it's like man, you don't typically have double digit penalties. And, and be five and one. <laughs> it, it typically doesn't work and like your only that, loss man. Was to the Chiefs, right? Yeah. Like that's the part to me. I'm just so baffled by they'll get into the red zone and drives are stalling because of holding penalties, because not enough middle line of scrimmage penalties. It, it's it's so crazy to see that. Yeah. And like I you agree. said, man, when you think about rest before disaster, you usually say what penalties will kill you, turnovers will kill you, mental errors will kill you. They are having two of those three. They're not having the turnovers. They're creating turnovers, and they're, they're doing mm-hmm. really good in that department. They've been like the Steelers in that yeah, regard. But, yeah, but when it comes to just mental errors and penalties, man, they that pops up every week for them, and that's the part that I just don't understand how they're still winning these games like that, man. Yeah, no, it's it's a really good call like you, and I mean, it's they're still winning those games because they're talented, right? Very I talented, mean, they're, very. They're able to uh, overcome that when they're playing teams like the Eagles. Mm-hmm. The question is, can you overcome that when you're playing teams like the Chiefs, when you're playing teams like the Steelers? Absolutely. And and obviously that will be, uh, I'm sure, the question that they're asking in Ravensland. Uh, Arthur Motes, an update on the Carlos Dunlap trade to the Seahawks. Okay, uh, you if you're just us? joining us, if you missed it, Carlos Dunlap, of course, uh, he, a long time of the Bengals, has been traded to Seattle uh, just as we were starting the show about 35 minutes ago. B.J. Finney going to Cincinnati along, along with a late-round draft pick. Wow. That is the trade. Oh, no, not B.J. to the not Bungles. my brother, no. Not B.J. to the Bungles. Oh, not do my dog. Like no, don't do that to my dog. Oh, man. Uh, oh, you about to see what it's really like, B.J. Lord have mercy. I feel so bad for you, man. Me I was I was sad when you went to Seattle. I'm like, man, number one, you got paid. Number two, you still with a contender. You yep. in the NFC, so it don't even matter. Yep. Now you in now the division. Like, oh, you gonna have to block two it, Cam uh, Tyson twice. You don't want that. We we know that BJ. You don't you don't want that. That's baby. no fun. That's no fun. Poor oh, BJ. Man. I mean, come you on, gonna see man. Cincinnati compared to Pittsburgh? Lord have mercy. Whew. We got a bunch of good, uh, got about a good bunch of good tweets here. Uh, I've been loving the Twitter uh, participation. Keep those rolling in. We'll get to those as we roll along. On the other side here, got a whole lot of content. A whole lot of content. I got to get Arthur Motes' thoughts on An- on Antonio Brown's return to the National Football oh, League. We'll man. also hear from uh, Antonio Brown's former quarterback Benjamin Roethlisberger speaking as he does I think every he's about to Wednesday. Talk about Landry. I was like, all right, let me let me talk about Landry. Did some audio today. Yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah. You know what stinks? No, no. Was it Derek Carr? You know what stinks? Derek Carr. I mean, besides the Cincinnati Bengals oh. and besides Derek Carr. All right, just checking. Besides the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I mean they don't stink, but they stink. Besides they stink. Baker Mayfield, they stink to me. <laughs> 
You know what stinks is I can't even remember what I was going to say stinks. I don't even remember my joke because we just were making so many jokes. <laughs> Uh, BJ Finney looks like he's heading back to the division if you're just joining us, uh, and we have got a whole bunch to get to. Here's what my joke was about what stinks, is is that I mean, uh, just that one touchdown pass that Antonio Brown caught from Tom Brady already mm-hmm. that's keeping me from making those, you know, I could have a seamless transition. You know, we're going to talk about Antonio Brown, and we're going to hear from the only quarterback that's ever thrown him a touchdown pass in the NFL. Oh, uh, yeah, you don't get that. Uh, but I don't get that because yeah. of that one pointless touchdown in New England last year. Thanks a lot, Tom. On Twitter, at Wes Sealer, at the Body 52. The Body. We'll hear it from Big Ben. We'll discuss the artist formerly known as Ronald Ocean on the other side. He's Arthur Boats. I'm Wesley Euler. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. <laughs> This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. I hit the wrong button there. Let's start the music again. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Listen, this soundboard is acting wonky on me today, all right? I'm a little flustered. I hit the wrong button there. I made the music stop while we were playing the, you know, the return over the music. It's cool. All right. Arthur Motes, we had to play this song because it makes you think of your former teammate. Miss the big chest. <laughs> You're never gonna get my love, Mr. Big Chest. That's who he is, man. Mr. Big Chest. And Arthur Motes, he's back. Antonio Brown to the Buccaneers. One year deal. Very incentive based, right? Is as we all kind of expected that it would be. Let me ask you this. If you were Mike Evans, if you were Chris Godwin, I mean, would you would you be a little peeved? In a sense, yes. If I'm Mike Evans, more so him because you just, <clears throat> excuse me, you just look at what he's been able to do and what he's meant to that Tampa Bay offense before Brady, since Brady has been there. Obviously, with Godwin, he had the the really good one year, but he's dealt with injuries. So yeah. to him, not to the same extent. But if you're Mike Evans, I mean, all of this excitement around AB. Yeah, I'm feeling some type of way about that. But outside of Mike Evans, I mean, when you really look at it and you're comparing the two, I'm taking A-B's, you know, seven oh, days of the week, sure. 365, 366 over Mike Evans. And to me, it's not close. I just think that A-B is that type of player when he is healthy and in the right space. Like, he he's dynamic like that, whereas I don't think Mike – I think Mike Evans has some, uh, some more limitations. But – as a whole, I still don't think it's going to be an issue with Evans and Godwin because we've seen just how that Tampa offense has been very similar to the Steelers in terms of, all right, we have all this talent, but we pick and choose who we right. feature each week. Right. I mean, we talked about how Claypool a week ago was the guy. Two weeks ago was the guy. Last week, one target. And it was on a – I mean, two, two technically two targets. One, obviously, you had the penalty right. on, but right. – I mean, when you look at him, he wasn't even looked at in the offense. No. So in that vein, that's kind of how they do in Tampa. And I think that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin have done a good job of buying into that. I don't know how A.B. handles that. That's the biggest question, especially when you look at how incentive uh, laid in the contract is. But if you're A.B., if you're A.B.'s agent, if you're A.B., like you're in his ear. This is your last chance. You're telling him, look, man, don't. Don't worry about those incentives. Yeah. Don't worry about any of that. Just go play. You just simply show up on time every day, 
Play, <laughs> That's the stay healthy, right there. St- show up on time, stay healthy, be quiet, and just go to work. Because if you can just prove over these next 10-plus games that, that you are mentally in the right place, you're going to get paid somewhere. Like, let's be real about it. You're going to get a check. Somebody's going to sign you because yeah. of how talented you are. But what you cannot do, you cannot go in here and be showing up late. You already know Bruce <laughs> Arians feels some type of way about you. Mm-hmm. We can go to the archives and pull up the different oh, that we can. the different memorable coaches. And it's not People just, have been pulling listen, those receipts. And it's not just once. It's multiple times. <laughs> People multiple have been times. pulling those receipts all week. So so you already know this was more of Brady getting into to, uh, to Arians' ear to make this happen. So you're already on thin ice. They do not need you. That's something that you also have to understand. You are more accessory than entree right now, okay? <laughs> so so just know that. You're, 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 the potatoes are still a, a, a big part of the meal, but oh, you're yeah. not the steak right now, okay? You can become <laughs> you're that. You're not the sizzle yet. <laughs> right, but you got to just understand and just keep that energy low, man. Like Fly under the radar. And that's all you need to do for these next, uh, uh, what, 10 and plus playoffs, however, however many play, uh, games you play there. Just do that, and you're going to be fine. But obviously, that is asking a lot. That's the question. Can he do that? Because I don't think that they're going to go out their way to feature him in the offense. I don't see them saying that, hey, because it mainly because of Bruce Arians. I don't see them saying that, hey, right. I want to make sure that this guy knows, man, from the start to finish, he's the guy we're looking at every single time. He's going to have some some games where he is targeted sure. a lot. He's going to have some games where he makes plays. But I don't think He'll it's going to be. other games where he only maybe has two or three targets. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be what he's accustomed to. I mean, even that first game in New England that he had, he still was targeted a lot. He was targeted a lot. So that that's my only concern in terms of, okay, one week of it, can you handle that? What happens if it's multiple weeks? Or if it happens in a game where y'all lose, hmm. how do you feel about that? How do you handle it? Because we've seen how he responds to games, wins or loses, or a win or a loss. But when it has a, a correlation to his numbers in terms of, oh, he didn't get the, the amount of targets or catches he wanted on top of them losing or however the outcome played and how he typically would respond to that. Those are some of the things that make me a little bit concerned about the move. Yeah. I I think that's fair. I do. I think it's fair to ask, was it necessary for the Buccaneers, right? Because nobody – you can never have too many good players. That's not what we're saying here. But was it a necessary risk for the Buccaneers, who now you can argue are playing just as well as anybody in the National Football League these past couple weeks, Motsi? They've been really good. They're starting to figure it out on offense. That defense we know is very talented and has been making plays and is really gelling together nicely. Yeah, it's it's an interesting decision. Uh, That's for sure. But it definitely makes them better, though. I oh, will for say sure. That. Yeah, without it, a doubt. And it's one of those things. Uh, I, I can't even say it's low risk, high reward. Low risk in terms of the dollar amount, but high risk in terms of what he could do <laughs> to the organization and to the offense and things like that if he does employ it or implode and self-destruct and things along that nature. But, man, if it works out, they definitely become the favorite oh. out of the NFC. Yeah, they are I mean, now. Their, their team is already complete. When you look at their defense, their offense and special teams, their biggest weakness is their offensive line, and that has been playing really well this Much season. Much better, yeah. So when you look at that already and you add a guy like A.B. in the NFC, Seattle doesn't compete like that. Seattle is heavy Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson is average, they They're look average. bad. Yeah. Arizona, they still are a year or two away. They don't have it enough just yet. When, when we're thinking about NFC teams, you could go Green Bay. I think that's probably their biggest competition. But we already saw what they did to Green Bay. Now, granted, Green Bay has some guys come back from injury. It was it was some more variables in it. But just in their head-to-head, we did see the Bucks get after them and, and beat them handedly. So 
I mean, real, let's got the NFC. It's not a lot that's making you scared or, or if you're the Bucks, making you look over your shoulder once you add a guy like A.B. on top of that. Yeah. A whole, whole lot to ponder there. A whole right? lot to ponder. <laughs> I, I wonder, too, how much of it was Tom Brady. You know, because like you alluded to, Bruce Arians hasn't exactly been shy in the past about a lot of his thoughts towards Antonio. I Brown. mean, he talked about how number one, it wasn't a fit, not because of money, because of culture, right? And, I mean, and he then, said back in March, right? And then he went or in February back, at the combine that it's, yeah. there's no chance. And I then, think. And his then words. he goes back and he said, "Is is culture?" And then he said, "Well, look, I know the guy. That's why I won't work mm-hmm. because I know the guy. So it was more personal than anything. So I think, man, it's two people that that really." had an impact in this decision being made. Number one, Tom Brady. I yes. thought he was the most pivotal. But number two, Byron Leftwich. He's he's the offensive mm. coordinator, passing game coordinator That's a good as point. well. I didn't think about that. Former teammate of A B for two seasons here in Pittsburgh. All of that plays into that. I think those are the two main guys, obviously more Brady than Leftwich, but I think those are the two guys that really were able to get that conversation to Bruce Arians and kind of change his perspective on it. I think that does help him out a lot, but at the same time that's why I think his leash is so, is so yeah. short. Because if it was Arian saying, all right, man, I'm ready to do this thing, I don't think he publicly, when he first speaks on the A-B signing, right. I don't think he comes out with this tone of, oh, man, right. it's my team, you're here, but you're going to abide by my rules. First sign, you don't do it. You're out of here. We're not investing anything in you. If it was truly him, he doesn't say that. Because now you're you're setting the, the trajectory of this relationship on a negative path to start it out. Right. But because of the other two guys, I feel like stepping up and vouching for A.B., he's more so saying, look, man, I'm going to do this because of them. But if the first time I don't like what I see, I'm getting them out of here. And that's why I think it was mainly those two guys in terms of Brady and Leftwich really speaking up on A.B.'s behalf to get him there. Let me ask you this, too. Do you think there was anything, any thought process, or maybe this held any weight in the decision maybe for the Buccaneers is the best way to put it, to keep him away from Seattle? Or, or maybe a team like Green Bay. Like, do you think that was any, hey, if we don't take this guy, he wants to play with Brady, he wants to be here in Florida, if we don't take these guy, this guy, he's going to go play with Ross in Seattle and we might see him in the playoffs. If this was a normal circumstance for A.B., a normal just he's available, open like market. Like it's like two years ago right, or something sure, like that. Sure, but let's be real. Every team in the NFL has had ample opportunity, ample time, to pull the trigger on A.B. Sure. Even if you didn't want to sign him last year when he was on the, the commissioner's exemplars for That's a little true. while, once they announced the suspension, think about that. They announced that week one of training camp. You and that's had, when you and I thought, all right, he's, he's going to land right. somewhere. Yeah. So if you didn't sign him then, all that, man, I got to sign him before somebody else, I think that goes out the window because let's be real, even with them signing him today, he's still, excuse me, when they first started talking to him, they still had to wait till the suspension ended, which ends week eight. So it wasn't even as if, oh, yeah, we signed him today, he could come in. He's not even in the, I don't think he's in the building just yet. No, because he has to do like the six days, six straight days of of negative tests. And then from there, it will tie into, okay, once that's done, that's why he can't play on Monday night. Correct. And and that plays into that. But today is technically his first day of officially being signed. If you wanted A.B., you could have done that two, three weeks ago. It's not like you signed him, he was coming in the building today, know how. So I, I, I don't think that that was the logic. I think it was more so just Brady pushing for it. And we know Brady has already talked about how he admires A.B.'s work ethic yep. in terms of that's probably the only guy Talking that will ever that rival in him in terms yep. of work ethic. 
And I think they have that mutual appreciation for each other being underdogs, being six-round picks, having to scratch and claw for everything, no handouts. I think that's why they connect the way they do. But ultimately, man, I, I just I think, man, any team that if really wanted him, if they really wanted him, they would have been got him. Yeah, that's like, true. Yeah. No, you're right. He's been sitting there for months, right? He, years. Like I said, <laughs> once you knew the suspension, that whole excuse went out the way. Then once the season started, that excuse went out the way. It was like, bro, you could still sign him. You could have signed him week one. You weren't going to pay him anything, and he wasn't going to be around your team until week eight, right. week nine anyways. So there wasn't too many negatives in terms of why you weren't going to sign him. Think how far this has all come. I mean, at, at points in the past, right, we had Jerry Rice putting his arm around Antonio Brown saying, Think get this guy that, to the man. Niners. He wanted to go to the Niners. Then he ends up with the Raiders. And then it Tom Brady in New England. That barely lasts. Barely lasts. It lasted enough for a touchdown. All that drama downs. on it's social crazy. media. Now he kind of went. And that's something you and I talked about, too. He just needed to go away long enough, right? Just stay out of the public spotlight for long enough uh, to get his – well, I was going to say second chance. or more like what? Like third or fourth chance? <laughs> I did. Listen, I did hear somebody say that too. Oh, the Bucks are giving maybe a second chance. I was like, whoa, yeah, like, whoa, wait a, wait a minute. Wait a second. Wait, what, what, what was Oakland? <laughs> and, and, and what was New England? Was, and, that, and, was that chance B, C, and say, D, how, and then now this yeah, is the I'm second say, opportunity? How, how does that work? Because that, that definitely felt like a, a two and a three, but, you know, I, I digress. I digress. And uh, old alum tweets here, how can a non-NFL player be suspended before he is signed? Doesn't A, B still need to serve his eight suspended games? No. I mean, technically, those were the first eight weeks yeah, of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Even though he was a free agent, yeah, that's how he they did, operate. Like he yeah. did not need to be on to a, be on, on a roster, roster to start yeah. the suspension, and that is the suspension was going to be. You're not playing. You're not getting paid. Yes. Both of those things happen, regardless if if you're under contract or not under Correct. contract. Um, and I we've think seen only, that. We've seen that with other guys in the right, past. The only way it would have been different was if he was injured. If you're injured, if you're on IR, they will wait until you are technically healthy right. to start being able right. to put those games. If you were on injury reserve, they're not going to say, oh, well, this is the Smith right there. He's good to go. Like that. That's the only like one-off type scenario. And I've only, I think I've only seen it happen maybe once or twice anyways. It doesn't right. happen often. Right. But that, that's the only scenario where it would be a little bit different. Yeah, and I know people. A lot of people probably. I mean, you know, we're we're hip to the Kareem Hunt situation here in Pittsburgh, right? Obviously, with that being in division and with Cleveland, like his was different. He signed with the Browns and then had to sit out for six weeks. That happens, but it's also happened this way before, where guys get suspensions handed down while they're still a free agent. They serve those kind of you know in purgatory, I guess, if you will. Uh, like we saw this, we've seen this happen before with Alden Smith, I believe, mm-hmm. Moti. Yes. Um, we saw Alden Smith deal with it. Uh, Ray Rice? Well, he never he made it back. Still, he never made it back. Right, that but I think he was suspended while he was still a free agent, technically, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, yep. Uh, Justin another Blackman one. was another yep. one. Yep. So it's, yeah, because even when Jacksonville finally did release him, that's then, right. yeah, then he went on like, the, the commissioner's exempt list for like ever, it felt like. Yep. I think he's still on the list. He probably is. Yes. He was so good at Oklahoma State. Yeah. Oh, my God. Goodness, he was like yeah. better than Des Bryant in college, which was crazy. Des <laughs> yeah. was that dude in college. Yeah. Speaking of which, Des is back with the Ravens. Oh Shit. boy, everything's happening. We got a whole lot of content here it on the like show today. Like 2010 all over again. What's going on here? <laughs> uh, one hour in the books, another hour to go. You know what that means? When we come back, we will start the second hour on this Wednesday with a little best of the West. We'll give you our top ten power ranked teams in the National Football League. Where do the Steelers stand? <gasps> Uh, I got a feeling they're pretty high up on that list, but you'll have to come back with us on the other side to find out. Pretty He's, high, like 9 and 10, huh? Whoa. Yeah, I mean, they may get 6 Yikes. or 7.
Arthur Motes, <laughs> Get those tweets in at West Steeler at the Body 52. The Body. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Like us rivalry week. <laughs> That's good. Me too. I'm feeling wonderful over <sighs> here. I'm aggressive today. Our number two inside the electric factory, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. If if you're having audio issues on the other side, we apologize. Like I said at the start of the show and a couple times since, the soundboard's being all a little wonky you gotta on me You got to blame the producer, man. He's seeking comfort. Yeah, he is seeking comfort. He's, He's just making here. excuses. It's the soundboard. The soundboard did it. Don't tell me about the labor. You better make this baby. Come on I now. Uh, I even tried. I tried resetting everything here during break, you know, because no, that's no. the standard, right? If you're having a problem with technology. Unplug it. Plug it back in. Unplug it. Plug it back in. Turn it that's off. It. Turn it back on. Or, 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 or blow the cartridge. <laughs> Anything more than that, I'm yeah. going to need somebody with a little expertise. It's a simple fix. I think I'm going to need somebody with a little more expertise here at some point. But Arthur Motes, we're uh, cutting our eyelids off. We're not seeking comfort. We are uh, not talking about the labor. We're just showing you the baby here on the Electric Factory. Best way to do it. One of the things that we like to do on Wednesdays, a little best of the West. It's a simple concept. It's just power rankings, folks. All right, but we dress it up. We give it a cool name, you know. Eh. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's if, how you're supposed to do it, right? If you work in football media, you got to do your weekly power rankings. Everybody knows this, right? If yeah. we don't, we get smited down by the sports content gods, basically. <laughs> so, without further ado, here's our best of the West list. You know how this starts. You know, normally Mozi he tries to you know wind me up here and who goes first, but I go first on best of the West Wednesday because you never okay? you never allow me to go first. That's, right. that's why I have that's to right. take. That's why I take over on Fridays and I've that's changed right. the name of Fridays to Motes and Euler. I'm like the younger yeah. I'm like the younger sibling in here. You know what I mean? I'm just the younger sibling always gets what they want. It's crazy. <laughs> but Arthur Motes, I got a monkey wrench for the best of the West today. The football team makes an appearance first time. They I'm are gonna, hot right now. I'm going to start at number 10. Ooh, okay, okay, You know okay, why? Okay. Because, I mean, our Pittsburgh Steelers are, are you know, ah. they're, they're at the top of the summit there, so I want to build the anticipation. Okay. Where do I have the Steelers? Do I have them one? Do I have them two? Do I have them? Where's oh, the you Ravens? mean like the top of the summit, like yeah. it's reversed because technically that's like the bottom, right? Because, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I so gotcha. I want to build the anticipation yeah. for where I have the Steelers ranked gotcha. here. So I'm going to start on the back end. Okay. I'll give you my honorable mentions after we after we do the top ten. At number ten, I got the Cardinals, Motsi. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, you know, all right, it looked a little fluky against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys kind of just laid down and died a little bit for the Cardinals. Definitely did, but that didn't look fluky against the Seattle Seahawks. Did not, not big, at all. Big comeback by Arizona. Kyler Murray continues to look more and more confident. How about him laughing and smiling as he threw that touchdown pass to DeAndre Hopkins? Oh yeah, man's just out there having fun. Uh, the defense, Buda Baker, even though he got caught by Usain Bolt, I mean DK Metcalf, <laughs> that defense, they get a big interception uh, from Isaiah Simmons towards the end of the game. Maybe they turned a corner there in that regard, too, even without Chandler Jones uh, looking a little more confident on defense. 5-2 and two in a really good division. Mm-hmm. I got the Cardinals number 10. Number 9, speaking of that division, I got the Rams. Uh, this is a team that's been hard for me to put my finger on the pulse of this team all season. 
But they got one of the best records in football. Uh, their only loss is to the Buffalo Bills on a crazy end game scenario, right, where the Bills were up big and the Rams came and got back in it. Then the Bills scored at the end. Uh, I think the Rams are really good. I think they could move up this list. Uh, I think they are flying under the radar right now. I've got them at number nine. At number eight, I have those Buffalo Bills, right? I thought about putting the Rams higher, but I got Buffalo higher. They won the head-to-head matchup, and I know that that was a few weeks ago. But I also think Buffalo's played a a little bit of a tougher schedule to this point than the Rams. I know a lot of people are, I don't want to say down on Buffalo, maybe just not as high as they were on the Bills a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago, right? After the, the, the loss to the Titans and then the, you know, the close game against the Jets, if you will. But, but they're winning games. Even that, man, if you look at the game, it's so misleading the score. Yeah, it really was. They, they they literally scored two touchdowns. Both got well, one got called back. The other, the guy's running by himself and just trips over his own feet. It was crazy, right? right. And they just had so a lot of self inflicted. It reminded me a little bit of the Ravens watching them, man. In terms of you move the ball from twenty to twenty with ease, you get into the condensed part of the field yeah. and you just act like you don't know what you're and doing then, anymore. Whoops. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. I I still I have not soured on uh, the Bills as much as or like other people have. I, I think at one point I had them five or six on this mm-hmm. list. They're at eight now. Not a huge drop off. And again, this is a week to week thing. Uh, they could certainly move up a few spots as we go forward here. Number seven, I got those Tennessee Titans. Another team that's kind of uh difficult to um. Put a finger on the pulse of, right? I mean, they had the big win against the Bills. They've won a lot of close games, too. Uh, the brutal first-half performance against the Steelers. Then they come back and, and get back into it and almost send the game to overtime. I think the Titans are a good football team. How good? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know if I have them in the same category as these other these top six teams, but they are a good football team. I've got them at number seven. At number six, I got the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson, they lost their first game of the season to those Arizona Cardinals uh, in dramatic fashion there. Uh, but I still think this is a very capable team. As long as they got Russ, as long as they got DK, they added a weapon on defense just an hour ago in Carlos Dunlap. Give me the Seahawks at number six. Number five, the Green Bay Packers. Another weird one for me to evaluate because other than the win against the Saints, they don't have a ton of impressive stuff on their resume. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Bucks pretty handily, but I just feel like they're so talented. They are well coached. They've got a lot of ways to beat you on offense. They're stout on defense, and they have one of the best three or four quarterbacks in the National Football League. I got Green Bay at five. All right, here's where it starts to get interesting. Here we go. Number four, the Baltimore Ravens. I think this might be the lowest I've had them all season, but Motsi touched on it. They're coming off a of bye week one, right? Mm-hmm. Which always, it feels like a team always moves back a spot or two. It's out of their control during the bye week. Because they're dormant, man. But they're I, dormant. If I don't see you, man, right, I If I don't you. see you, yeah. you know, it's like the shiny object. You're out of sight, out of mind. But the Ravens certainly a very capable football team. I just don't know. Uh, maybe I'm using last year, too, as kind of a, oh, well, they're not as good as they were last year. Is that fair to this year's group and how it relates to this NFL season? I don't know. And the Ravens are certainly, they, they could move back up this list. But right now, I've got them at four. Not as good on offense. Uh, they haven't had the same success rushing the passer as they did last year. Now they add another uh, weapon to that arsenal as well. But I got the Ravens at number four. At number three, Arthur Motes making their highest rating of the season. Oh, here we go. Here we go. They got a whole lot of content. Uh-oh. They got a whole lot of wide receivers. Uh-oh. I got the Bucks at number three. I do. This team is playing really good football. They are stingy on defense. They can run the ball. And Tom Brady is just dropping dimes from the pocket, standing in there clean with that much-improved offensive line. Tristan Wirfs, our boy from Iowa, has Talk just looked it. fantastic these last couple weeks. I got the Bucks at number three. 
Drumroll! Making their highest appearance of the season as well. I've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at number two. I still have the Kansas City Chiefs at number one. And here's why, Arthur I like it. I like it. Here's why. And don't get me wrong. I could easily put on my black and gold glasses, and I could make a case for the Steelers. Only undefeated team in the National Football League. They've got, I don't know if you saw, I did the research on this. They've got more wins against current playoff teams than anybody else in the NFL right now do the Steelers. And, yes, I know the Eagles are kind of cheating in that, but I counted the Eagles when I included the Ravens' playoff victories as well, too. So I didn't just do that for the Steelers. But here's the difference for me. Like, along the lines of who's the best team in the NFL right now, talk as it relates to the Steelers. Like I said, it, it is easily an argument you can make right now, but the Kansas City Chiefs still do exist. And imagine, Motes, here's, what, here's why I said Chiefs 1 and Steelers 2. Imagine how honked off we would be mm-hmm. if, if we were the Chiefs right now in Pittsburgh, okay. right? Like, if we had Patrick Mahomes, okay. if we had just won the Super Bowl, uh-huh. right? And if we were 5-1? Five, five yeah, they're 5-1, yeah. 5-1? Mm-hmm. Coming off a Super Bowl winning season with mm-hmm. the best quarterback or with Russell Wilson, one of the two best quarterbacks in the NFL as defending Super Bowl champions with only one loss. Like imagine how honked off we would be as Steelers fans if somebody if if everybody was crowning some other team. Like we're still the champions. We're still here. Yeah, we might me, have one loss. One, they're six and one. Six and one. Yeah, because remember they didn't have That's right. Yeah. They haven't had a bye week yet, Correct. right? That's right. Mm-hmm. So six and one <laughs> defending Super Bowl champions best quarterback, a guy who's won MVP, a guy who's the reigning Super Bowl MVP. You've got Andy Reid. You've got Eric Bieniemy. Like, imagine how honked off we would be in Pittsburgh if that was us and somebody was putting another team ahead of us. They're still the Super Bowl champions, and it's not like they lost to the Ravens or to the Steelers, right? I mean, their loss came to the Raiders, okay? So they just they had one of those Sundays <laughs> where they didn't play well, and I realize you could use that <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I know you're laughing at me because you can use that like they they lost to the Raiders, not not the Ravens. It's a a worse loss. But that's what happens when you're a team like the Chiefs. The Chiefs don't care about beating the Raiders in early October. They care about winning the Super Bowl. What division is the Ravens uh, in? Same division as them. Same division as them. And, hey, they are not the only contender this year and in recent Mm -hmm. history who's lost a game to a team in the division that they shouldn't have lost. Mm -hmm. On the road, too, as well. It, Mm -hmm. It happens. The Chiefs are still the champ. You know, until you beat the man or to be the man, you got to beat the man, mm-hmm. Arthur Motes. And I'm just, again, I got the Steelers at two. And I certainly think the Steelers could beat the Chiefs, absolutely. But if the Chiefs and the Steelers were playing on a neutral field this mm-hmm. Sunday, mm-hmm. I think that the Chiefs, probably rightfully so, would be favored by a few points. Not by much, mm-hmm. by a few points. So you tell me if the Steelers just wore the Raiders uniforms, or they'll be fine. Well, maybe. Okay. They got to play. They got to play in that. St- <laughs> they got to play in that stadium too. So, but again, just imagine. I know a lot of people out there are mad at me right now, but imagine how honked off you would be if it was the Steelers in the Chiefs' position, defending Super Bowl champs, reigning twenty-five-year-old or twenty-four-year-old, however old he is, Super Bowl and recent regular season MVP with that offense, with all those weapons, with what? They just scored 42 points with Mahomes only throwing one touchdown pass. That's true. Like, put a little respect on the champions' names, and I don't think I'm disrespecting the Steelers in doing that. I just think I'm being realistic. So Chiefs 1, Steelers 2, Bucks 3, Ravens 4, Green Bay 5, Seattle 6, Titans 7, Buffalo 8, Rams 9, Cards 10. My honorable mentions also receiving votes. The Saints, the Browns, the Niners. Arthur Motes, what say you? I like your list a lot, man. I think this is going to be our first time, though, in a while 
having different teams in our top ten. We have had the same top ten, two or three. I mean, with yeah, a, move, a couple moving parts. No, no, no like the, but not, the same not ten identical teams. order, but the yeah. same ten teams. For I what, think it's three been, weeks now. It, I think it's been longer than Maybe. that, honestly. Yeah. But for me to start it out at 10, I have the Browns, man. I thought they responded in a big way, especially after the slacking that we gave them oh. here in Pittsburgh. I mean, you come back next week, another division uh, po- uh, another division opponent in terms of the Cincinnati Bengals, a team that we said are better than what their record shows. Kind of the opposite of what we talk about with the Bears, where it's like the Bears have a really good record, but the Bears aren't that good. I thought the Browns did a good job responding. And also Baker. Baker throws for five touchdowns. You lose Odell in the first half. And you still go out there and you find a way to get the job done. Mm-hmm. It was still a, a highly contested back and forth game as well. But they're sitting at five and two, man, for a reason. They are a good team. Their only two losses were to Pittsburgh and to Baltimore for a reason, man. They're a good team right now. So that's why I have them at 10. At number nine, the, uh, the, the LA Rams. I mean, let's be real. They're heating up. They're playing extremely well. They're looking good. They have an identity on offense mm-hmm. and defense now. So that's why I have them there. At number eight, now they're a little lower on my list this week, but Obviously, it's because how the past two, three weeks have played out for them. It's the Buffalo Bills. I think they're still a really good team. Like I said, watching them versus the Jets, they probably should have won by two scores. Yeah. But the issue is they're they're not very disciplined right now. And it's, you can't have injuries and not be disciplined and expect to consistently win in the NFL or consistently beat good teams. You can get away with that against the Jets. It's going to be a little different as this thing progresses. You start playing a, a lot tougher competition it's not going to be like that I mean you're playing the Patriots for example this week even though the Patriots sitting at two and four we know the Patriots man just how they are coached and ultimately just that style of team we know one of those losses was directly related to COVID how it threw up I mean really since then they haven't been back in a groove right and I think that kind of played into it but you're not going to be able to turn the ball over you're not going to be able to have the penalties that the Bills are playing with and beat good teams consistently so that's why I have them at eight right now at number seven, man, this is the lowest they've been on my list, man. They took they, they took a couple steps back, man, but this is more so just how I view the team they lost to, and it's the Seattle Seahawks right here. I understand the Cardinals. They're, they're getting a lot of notoriety, and, and rightfully so they should, but I still feel they're a little bit overrated in terms of the Kyler Murray effect. I mean, we saw even last year how much they wanted to hype the Cardinals because of Kyler Murray. I just don't think their team – is as good as their record is seeing consistently. When you put them up against some of the other top-tier teams, I just don't think they consistently doesn't match up, match up yeah. with them. Right now, not saying that they can't win one of these games, which they did, but it took what? Russell Wilson throwing how many interceptions? We're not going to see that consistently. It, 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 even if it was one interception, I mean, three, and it goes into overtime. Just think about that. And it goes into overtime. If the roles were reversed and, and the Cardinals turned the ball over that much, that, they're getting blown out. And that's my biggest yeah. issue with yeah. the Cardinals, why I don't have them uh, uh, in terms of the, the top ten, why they don't make the list right there. And number six, man, this is the Tennessee Titans. It's not a knock on them. I just think the teams that I have in my top five are just – Better. better. They're just better. But the Titans, I mean, when you look at they were undefeated for a reason. They're still a good team. Obviously, they lost a close one to the Steelers. And for them, they're they're – a whole mindset is this, man. Look, the past three games, man, we started slow. We've had to play from behind. Are we capable of doing it? Yes. Have we won games like that? Yes. But it is extremely difficult in your margin of error, as they saw and witnessed with their field goal kicker, is slim to none. You have to be perfect when you're playing like that. So for them, they're saying we got to start fast. We start fast is a lot different. But until they do, 
they're now moving up. That's why they're at six. Yeah. At number five, I got the Green Bay Packers. Man, it was good to see them bounce back. Obviously, they they took the the, the lump on the chin from the uh, from the Buccaneers, but to see them bounce back last week and win convincingly from start to finish, man, they handled the Texans. I thought that that was really good and promising by them just to know where they were mentally because you never right. know when a team is having success and they get. They they get beat real bad or not not just that first loss but when you get absolutely smacked we all go through it. How do they respond? That's that's what you're always concerned yep. about. But it was good to see them respond in a big way. And number four, you talked about him, man. They got a whole lot of receivers. Their quarterback has a whole lot of Super Bowls. Bruce Arians has a whole lot of Kangos. <laughs> so that's why I got them at number four, baby. <laughs> Because, man, they, they are a very oh talented and complete season. team. And it's funny how just the ebb and flow of a season, <laughs> opening week, seeing them get handled by the Saints, our expectations for them drastically changed. The way they were talked about drastically changed. Then we've seen them now these past four weeks and what they've been able to do and against their opponents as well. And, yeah, it's like, okay, man, <laughs> Put some respect on them for certain, man, because they are going to be a problem. If they stay healthy, they're going to be a problem. And they just added arguably one of the greatest receivers we've ever seen play the game. I mean, it's, it's like that. Let's be real. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have them at four. Number three, man, I got the Baltimore Ravens here, man. Really good team. We know this. Obviously, they're not executing as well as they have in the past, which is a part of the reason why they got beat by the Chiefs and a part of the reason why they've had some closer games than we're accustomed to seeing with them. But at the end of the day, man, you got the reigning MVP. You are extremely talented. They they are still finding ways to get the job done. And that, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about at the NFL level. Find a way to win. It's not always going to be the prettiest. It's not always going to check every box we did, everything we wanted to do. But you have to find ways to win. And that's what they are ultimately doing. So that's why I have them at three. At number two. Drum Here we roll, go. please. Drum Here roll, we please. go. Here we go. To be the man, you have to beat the man. I feel like that logic only applies in basketball when you're in a series. I feel like it applies in the playoffs. I feel like it applies in boxing. In the NFL, baby, it's 16 games. I can't worry about what you did last year. I don't care about what you did last year. If that's the case, I mean, we could go down the list of teams that won Super Bowls or were in Super Bowls and the following year were absolutely trash. No, they don't stay at the top of the list because of what they did last year. You told me you've corrected me on this numerous times. Let me make sure I say this in my Wesley Euler uh, mannerism. <clears throat> You're only as good as your last performance? I don't care what you did last week. <laughs> I don't care what you did last year. What are you doing now? They, they, it's about this week. They just won this week. They look good. And as it stands wait, this am I, week. Am, it's I only, that, am I that loud? Really? Every once in a while, you do get a little loud. <laughs> so, so for me, I'm just keeping that same energy. I don't care about what the Chiefs did last year. I don't care if they were Super Bowl champions. If that's the case, the Steelers need to be at the bottom of the list because they went 8-8 eight and eight last year. Nah, we're keeping that same energy. And the fact of the matter is this. There are two very different opinions in terms of my view of the Chiefs and the Steelers. Number one, one of those teams we've seen get beat. We've seen one of those teams taste their blood. At home, by the way. Tay points out here. Yes. I was I was wrong. Uh, that game was in Kansas City. So, so we've seen one of these two teams taste blood, okay? The Chiefs have, not the Steelers. Then number two, one is coming off of beating an undefeated 5-0 Tennessee Titans team on the road. Whereas the other one, like I said, man, y'all got beat two weeks prior to that against the Raiders team that we still got some. I mean, they, they weren't even in your honorable mention when you think about that, man. They were not. They have been in the past. They, they in the not. past they have, but right now they aren't. So to mm-hmm. me, I feel like all of that kind of weighs in on it. So I'm not disrespecting them. 
and I have him at two because I mean, let's be real. They when we talk about hierarchy in the AFC, I'm not even saying today that I think the Steelers would beat the Chiefs. I'm not mm. saying that. I'm just simply saying as it stands based on records, based on power rankings on a week-to-week basis. The Chiefs, man, I've seen y'all get beat, and there's only one remaining unbeaten team who's coming off of not one win, not one five-star matchup, two back-to-back five-star matchups, heading into a third one. Until I see them taste their own blood, man, they got to stay at the top right now. So that's why I have the Steelers at number one, ultimately, baby. Because right now, man, they, they've been playing very complete football. Now, we're not saying that they're the best team in the league. I still, like I said, I think when playoffs happen, we can see some shuffling easily, depending on the matchups and things like that. But just based off of week seven in the NFL, Steelers are the number one team right now, man. All right, so about, just a quick recap. Yeah, and your uh, honorable yeah, mentions. Yeah, my honorable mentions. Well. So for me, my uh, three honorable mentions, I had the Colts, the Saints, and the Cardinals. And then from there, at number 10, I had the Browns at number 9, the L.A. Rams at number 8, the Buffalo Bills at number 7, the Seahawks. Shout out to Carlos Dallas. At number six, the Tennessee Titans. At number five, the Green Bay Packers. At number four, a whole lot of talent, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At number three, got the Baltimore Ratbirds, a.k.a. the Ravens. Number two, the Chiefs. And number one, whew, keep it right in the Steel City, baby, Pittsburgh Steelers. So we had nine of the same ten teams, yeah, the Cardinals, the, the Cardinals and Browns. And, Browns yeah. the, and you had Cardinals in your honorable mentions. Yep. I had Browns in my honorable mentions. Because we both had Colts and Saints in our honorable mentions. That's why I was like, literally, that was the only difference, man. Yeah, Tay said uh, Raiders beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, bro, but I do somewhat agree with you, LOL. Yeah, it's just I feel like, man, I love the the logic of no, I'm to picking, beat the I'm man, you got to beat the I'm man, but it's just so, it's so tough And it's when not it's that NFL. simple, you're right. I mean, like, right, like the Chiefs never had to beat the Patriots right, to become right. the man. Like, you're right, it's not that simple. And that's my only I just know how that, honked man. off we'd be as Steelers fans if we were 6-1 yeah. and one and the defending Super Bowl champions with the best 25-year-old quarterback any of us have ever seen. But I think it would be different if we experienced a loss like the Raiders. We would call that a Tomlin loss. That's what we would be calling it. Yeah, I think that's and fair. And we would say Raiders, it was a knock. The Raiders aren't the Jets. No, they're, but they're, they're not but terrible. They're, but they're, they're not, you know, right. they're not the Bills or the Cardinals no or the Browns or the Rams. That, like, when we talk about just in general, a game where you're favored to win. You expect them to win. They were heavily favored. Well, not heavily favored, but they were favored to win that Raiders game. So it wasn't as if it was a debatable. It wasn't if it was a pick em. No, no, no. Like, this is clear cut. That was supposed to be the better team. And it just showed the slow start, the lack of, of details. I mean, it's kind of like that, that person who's super talented, but because they're so talented, they get lazy in other elements of their game until they get hit, until they sure. get shocked. Sure. The thing is, they have all that, but we had we saw them get shocked. We saw them keep playing around, and they eventually got caught. The tortoise and the hare. We, we saw it happen. Now, will it happen again? Who knows? But we did see that happen, whereas right now, as it stands through seven games, or excuse me, through seven weeks, we haven't seen that. We've been close now. We've had some mishaps, some self-inflicted wounds, but we have not seen them taste defeat just yet. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Absolutely, man. We'll hear from the two-time. Two-time mm-hmm. Super Bowl winning quarterback Whew. Benjamin Roethlisberger on the other side here. Unfortunately, nothing on uh, Chiefs or Steelers from Big Ben, Boo. but plenty on the Ravens <laughs> <laughs> that we will get to here when we return. So keep those tweets rolling in at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. We'll answer those as we go along. We'll hear from the quarterback next right here on Steelers Nation Radio. Body people. 
This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's the Steelers Blitz on a Wednesday. We are pressed for time here, but one of the things that we always like to do is bring you the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, his every uh, his weekly, I should say, Wednesday uh, availability. Here's what the franchise, here's what the gunslinger, here's what the future Hall of Famer had to say just a few hours ago. First one, Dale Lawley. Dale, go ahead. And you're, uh, you're getting rid of the ball uh, faster than you have at any point in your career. I, I believe it's like 2.29 seconds, uh, the ball's in your hands. But is that leading to some of the, the tip passes as well? And if so, what can you do uh, about that to combat that? Yeah, I think so. It's funny. I just got out of uh, Coach Randy's office. We were talking about some things, and that, that came up. And, um, I mean, obviously we're, when you do the RPO game, the run-pass option, the ball's going to have to come out quick because – um, you know, it's a, it's a run kind of play. And so you, you've got to get the ball out quick. Sometimes the blocking is not there. And sometimes when you're throwing a lot of the underneath stuff in quick routes, um, you know, the ball has got to come out of your hands quick and it's going to obviously be a lower pass. And, um, you know, I think uh, coach Tomlin says all the time, if you're not going to get home, get your hands up. And I think that's what we're seeing a lot from defenders when, when they're, when they're think they're not going to get home or they think the ball's coming out quick, they're just getting their hands up and that's creating some tip balls, but uh, we're not too alarmed with it yet. Jerry Dulac. Uh, ben, good morning. A little two-part question for you. One, uh, were you surprised in a game in which you never trailed and even led by 20 that you threw the ball 49 times? And in regards to the quick passing game, is there an art to it, and have you taken it to another level? Well, good morning, Jerry. Thank you for the two-part question. Sure. Um, it's very tricky early in the morning to have two-part questions, but I'll, I'll try to do my best. Um you know, I, we don't go into a game saying, um, you know, how many times we're going to throw it, um, trying to keep it under a certain number or get to a certain number of runs. Kind of, you know, is dictated by the defense and how the flow of the game is. Obviously, we knew coming into the game that we wanted to come out and throw the ball and possess it. And, um, you know, we, we had, a, you know, our top 10, as you know. And so we knew going into it what we wanted to do. And, and I think the, the, the game kind of just dictated. It doesn't matter how many points you're up. Um, you know, you, you want to do what you kind of what the defense gives you and, you know, the, the way that things are dictated. So the number uh, of passes shouldn't really matter. Um, and, and as it comes to quick game, um, you know, I think that that's kind of always one of been I've always tried to be really good at it. Um, you know, I think it's having big hands helps, um, you know, because you can't always grab the laces. I think one of the most underrated things that people probably won't talk about is uh, to be good in the quick game, you have to have a good snap. Um, and, and so with Pouncey, he snaps a spiral. You can catch it. You don't need the laces, but you know you're going to catch a good pa- a good snap, and the ball can come out quick. I think that's very underrated when it comes to the, to the quick game. Mike Pursuta. Another two-parter for you, Ben, since you handled that one so well. When, when you face a team that's putting 10 or so guys across the line and they're blitzing from everywhere – what what are you most concerned about in that situation and what is most exploitable? Yeah, that's another thing we we're talking about. Um, this is a, a, a defense that brings guys from everywhere. Um, they'll show that all up. They'll drop. They'll show all up from the left, make you slide your protection that way, and then they'll drop and they'll bring guys from the right. Um, you know, so it's going to be one of those those games where we're going to have to be able to, to, to keep everybody in at times. And, and just because you're keeping everybody in still doesn't mean you have all day to throw it. Um, 
you know, the ball starts to get out of your hand in a timely manner. Um, so it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Sometimes you have to get lucky. You've got to, you know, have the right protection called even into a blitz. Um, sometimes you can, you can pick it up, you get the ball out of your hands and, uh, it's one-on-one on the outside with no help. And, and we like those matchups too, because we've got some, some slippery guys uh, at receiver that can make guys miss. And every once in a while you take that shot over the top, knowing that there might not be safety back there. So there's some things you can try and exploit. The The key is always to, to protect long enough to do that. Joe Rudder. Could you guys, maybe not saying you're going to throw it as many times, but try the same tactic against Baltimore where you want to possess the ball and keep Jackson off the field as much as possible. I mean, when you've got a, when you've got a offense as good as Baltimore's with a, a player as dynamic as him and, and kind of a lot of guys on offense, you, you have to try and keep them on the sideline. Um, we were able to do that early in the game last week. Um, and, and so we'll, we'll have to do everything we can because this, this is a good football team, one of the best in the league. Didi Kinkabala? Mark Caboli. Hey, Ben, one part question here. Um, with uh, the secondary, they have uh, obviously a couple all pros. How important is it for the receivers to do what they do? And is this their biggest challenge to date? I mean, you know, arguably, I think there was an article this morning or, or yesterday at some point talking about the best tandems in the in the league. And um, these guys were at the top of the list. And, and Jimmy Smith, I don't even think was – you know, was considered in that, that the tandem, if you, you know, it's the third guy. And so um, just some really good football players, um, you know, ball Hawks guys that, that know how to play it, that can strip it. Um, there, there's just a lot of um, challenges facing us this week in the past game. Um, and that's, that's also saying that you have time to just sit and throw it. Um, our guys are going to all have to be involved. That's going to be the key. I think is, is we're gonna have to try and find the best matchup Um and, and just kind of see where it goes from there. And, and I'm about to be smart, um, make make good decisions, and our guys are going to have to run good routes uh, in order to have a chance. Jeff Hathorn. Morning, Ben. Uh, Morning. How would you define this rivalry? Um, well, it's tough. It's um, a physical one. It's It can be nasty at times. Um, but I, I've always felt as – as many times as my nose has been broke, we've had injuries. It's been a close game. It's always been um, football in its truest form in, in the sense that it's never dirty. It's never been nasty. It's just been hard-nosed football. And so um, this is one you always want your bye week to be after. Brooke Pryor. Hey, Ben. How close are you guys to playing a complete game to for the offense to be – as good as you guys think it can be, especially after it, it seems like you guys have built week after week Titans first half, especially looked really good. How close are you to playing a complete game? Yeah, I think we have a long way to go. Uh, we're still trying to improve every week. Um, and it, it starts with me. I have to get better and I'll keep trying to do that. Um, and, but it's not going to be any easier this week because facing one of the best defenses in the game. Will Graves. Hey, Ben, yesterday, Mike T talked about being in the quote, the game of the week for the third straight week, but you know, look, you two got you two teams have sort of shown to be maybe the best in the division. Does this have a better, a different vibe than maybe the last couple just because of the history? And does it sort of feel maybe sort of proper that you guys are seeing each other now, maybe at the top of your games? Well, I think this is what, you know, football fans want. It's what the NFL wants. I didn't get to play them last year. Um, 
and and I, I miss this as much as this game hurts in terms of physically at the end of the at the end of the day. Uh, you miss this rivalry because it is fun. Um, it's like I said, it's football in its purest form, and so um, it should be a good matchup. We'll we'll have our hands full. Jenna Harder. Ben, there's a lot of focus on the defense in these matchups. Cam kind of just told us that, you know, defense is usually going to win this game. You touched on a couple things, but as an offense, what's your guys' biggest focus this week so that you guys are the ones winning the game? Well, it's never – there's no offense wins or defense wins. The, the, the team wins, and that's what's important about uh, this team is that we do it together, all three phases. Offensively, we, we can't turn it over. That starts with me, and we got to score points. Chris Adamski. Ben, with the you know the, the RPOs and with the you know emphasis or, or your result if you get the ball out quicker, are the, do you have the option? Are there always receivers that are running deeper routes and, and, and the defense is giving you the underneath stuff, or, or is it more of an emphasis by you to keep underneath, or is it the offense not even really d- designed on many, not all the time, but on a lot of plays situations, not to have um, receivers go too deep? No, just every every play is different. Some plays we have guys going deep, some plays we don't. Sometimes the defense has guys deep, and sometimes they don't. Ray Fittipaldo. Adam Kilgore. Good morning. Um, morning. You guys in the past few seasons have had quite a few sort of adverse or or odd um, circumstances to get through, um, any one of which, you know, maybe could have thrown some franchises off course. Um, Here you guys are 6-0. What is it about uh, this franchise or, or your approach or, or Mike's approach that has allowed you to sort of be where you are now? Uh, I think we always just stick together. Um, we always talk about no matter how a game unfolds, we we always do it together. We pick each other up, um, and it can really be um, anyone any week. And so I think that's one of the unique and cool things about this this team. Final one, Aditi, go ahead. Good morning, Ben. I'm sorry about earlier. Um, Calais Campbell is a guy that generates a lot of respect and it seems like a lot of like around the league. Do you, do you know him personally at all? And do you have any thoughts on facing him and just him as a person? Uh, I don't know him personally. I only know him from um, playing against him uh, for many years. Um, He is an enormous man, um, a very, very good football player. Guy that's hard to block is he can get after the quarterback. He's hitting, he's hit me quite a few times that, we're very painful, um, so hopefully it doesn't happen this week. But, um, you know, just a, a tremendous football player. A lot of respect for him. Ben Roethlisberger talking just a few hours ago, football in its purest form. That's what he says about Steelers, Ravens, and we concur. Uh, last segment to come on the other side. You know what that means. Last chance for you to get in those questions, comments, concerns, and reactions. At Wesley Euler at the body 52 The body We wrap with your tweets on the other side. It's Steelers Blitz. On SNR. My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma, I'm gonna set your flag on fire. Talking about this hey is now, the hey Steelers now, Blitz hey with now, Wesley Euler like and Arthur Motes on your 24 7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final segment to the tweets we go. Let's get at it here. Steel Champs says, according to Pro, po- fo- pro Football Focus. I say one of them things. Get it out now. 
Uh, since 2004, or between 2004 and 2018, Benjamin Robinson, so uh, excusing the 2019 season where he was not active here, I assume. Uh, Benjamin Roethlisberger, four wins, seven losses in Baltimore. Highest passing yards was in 2011 with 280 yards. So I ask, which quarterback has a bigger challenge this Sunday? That's a good question. Jeez, That's that a good actually question. is. Yeah, both. <laughs> yeah, both definitely. But um, I'm going to lean with Lamar having the bigger challenge just because this defense is a lot better. Yeah. I mean, when you just talk about Ravens, Steelers defense as it pertains to this year, Steelers are the more complete defense from top to bottom, and they're the least penalized compared of the two. And I just think in that vein, it's going to be a lot more challenging for Lamar. Whereas with Ben, he's going to have time against them, and he's going to have – like I said, multiple mismatches in that secondary that I think that the, the receivers will be able to exploit yeah. ultimately. Along those lines, TC says, as much as Baltimore's defensive backs like to jump routes and play close to the line of scrimmage, I'm worried about mm. the Steelers in those quick, short passes. It might be a little dangerous to rely on against the Ravens. <sighs> See, don't live in your fears. You look at the, the quick <laughs> out, I'm looking at the double move. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, exactly. So, it's all about what your mindset is on, man. So for me, I think of the double move. Um, we saw the double move happen two weeks ago with uh, James Washington against Denzel Ward. Double move out and up. Marcus Peters is, uh, I mean, that's his MO. He's very um, aggressive on short and underneath routes. Uh, even last week, I mean, or two two weeks ago, excuse me, the Eagles, I mean, they should have had a 40-yard completion. The receiver just dropped the ball. And it was solely because Marcus Peters' eyes were in the backfield. He does that a lot. What, what makes him great is also what makes him bad at times because it's not very fundamentally sound. Right. And obviously he doesn't have an Earl Thomas-type guy over top that's going to clear every error that he makes. So I, I love that opportunity. Kayla says here, uh, I saw a post, ESPN Sports Center's power rankings have Pittsburgh number one. I love this, but I despise this. <laughs> Although it's just a singular opinion, I still, uh, Kayla still likes playing under the radar, right? Um, I mean, it's hard to be under the radar at 6 and 0. It I think is. it's hard to be under the radar in Pittsburgh just in, in general. general. Yeah. I feel like we complain about not being talked about enough. Until we are talked about right. too much. But I think it's a difference when you're not in Pittsburgh, when you really think about how often the Steelers are talked about on a national level compared to some of these other teams. It's not even close. Yeah. Like, the Steelers are one of those teams that are constantly talked about. So it was yeah. hard to fly under the radar, man. Uh, and then Kayla adds, uh, heading into week eight here, is it safe to say the black and gold are the most complete team in the NFL? Now, see, I would agree with that. Like I said, I mean, doubt, unless you missed it, we did our power rankings yeah. earlier in the hour. I did still have the Chiefs 1 and the Steelers 2, but I would say the Steelers are a more complete team than the Chiefs. Yes. I think that's fair. Yes, I, I agree. The Steelers are the more complete team. I just don't think right now the matchup with Kansas City is just a little awkward. Yeah, I, I especially know. sans Devin Bush. Yeah. That's, yeah, and with the addition of Elbel. That's that's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, Barry says, hey, how nice would it be to beat Brady and Antonio Brown in the Super Bowl, though? Very, Barry. Very, very, <laughs> very, very, very. Uh, Don Juan tweets, can't wait for this week's version of the Here We Go song. Have you guys heard anything about these Cam Sutton being traded rumors? I don't think there's any really anything there. I thought it, I mean, he put some stuff on his story and people right. absolutely lost their mind. But guys, most you know this, it's 2020. <laughs> guys post cryptic stuff on their like, social media what? accounts all the time. Don't read too much into that. I said for me, I thought it was more so relationship than the Steelers. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, well, he's not following the team. I'm like, all right. 
It happens. Yeah. I, I just never never read too much into that stuff. That that is that's no, funny thing. It, it's, it's funny thing is people that the Steelers have on their roster. The Steelers aren't even following at times. Like, mm. don't don't act like because he ain't following. That's this big telltale. Trust me on that, man. King Dusty wants to know who's the Steelers MVP so far in our opinions. Whew. I mean, it's got to be Ben, right? That's where I'm leaning. Or TJ, Ben or TJ. So you say Ben or TJ? I even throw a Bud. Bud as well too, yeah. Because Bud has been at yeah. times playing just insane. Mm-hmm. I feel like TJ because of who he is now. We talked about this. It's like, man, when you get to that level, you can have one sack, and we're gonna highlight and talk about it more. Whereas we've seen just from a stat standpoint, or even just watching a game standpoint, how many impact plays Bud is making on that side of the ball. But I think the clear cut guy is Ben. Um, yeah, since he's been back, just look how the offense is looking. I mean, look most how the teams team that are moved, having man. success, it's their quarterback. It's their quarterback, right? Absolutely. That's the, that's the way it is. I will also say, though, man, I think the Steelers coaching staff deserves a lot of credit here early no, in the we, season. No, we're not allowed to credit the coaching I know. staff. You know that if well, it's we bad. we can only rip on them when listen, it's bad. If I know. it's bad, it's the coach. If it's good, we, oh, man, that was a great call by Ben. We want to talk, ben, about, ben made that we call. Want to talk about Mike Tomlin and his yeah. disastrous history with clock management, mm-hmm. but we won't give him any credit for, for taking the timeout that allowed Dude. the Ray Ray McLeod punt. Come on. We want to crush mm-hmm. Randy Feetner every time we think the offense isn't working, but we don't want to mm-hmm. give him any credit for letting Matt Canada really come in and put an imprint mm-hmm. on the offense. No, no, no. We, we get on Keith Butler and Mike Tomlin with their defense, but then when we see that defense ball and our produce, it's more so, oh, that's because of Mika. That's because of TJ. Anyone could coach like that with TJ. Stop Look at it. all those first-round Stop picks. It. Stop uh, David says, I remember last year when Ed Reed gave the hype speech and we had the mozi answer <laughs> hype speech? Can uh, we, he wants to replay that from last year. Can I run through some walls? We got a hurricane <laughs> headed our way down here in Mississippi. You know what? I totally forgot I that forgot. we did that last that was, year. That was the first one. That was, that was. First So game. for those unfamiliar, what we did last year yeah. was uh, the Ravens, Steelers, the first Steelers-Ravens week last year, uh, Harbaugh brought Ed Reed to practice to, to give the guys a motivational speech. We saw that on Twitter. We played a quick little clip from it, and then Moats gave the Steelers a motivational speech. It was, that was a good. A little rebuttal. That was good. I don't know if we can read, you know, I don't know if we can redo it, though. Like, sometimes it, it was in you, the moment, man. Sometimes yeah. you gotta, yeah, you gotta let the golden content just yes. stay gold. We'll come up with other stuff as we go forward. And, and, and the thing is, it was... Prompted by the disc from ED from ED Reed. I mean, he he's out here talking crazy to these guys. I'm like, I understand you in Baltimore, but wait a minute, big fella. Wait a minute. Yep. All right. That's right. Because that's not how I remember the robbery in my that's four right. years of being in it. It was a little bit different. You it might have been glory for you, but on my side, we kicked a lot of y'all booty. That, that's all I remember. So <laughs> that's why I felt it was important to to give my perspective of said rivalry. We cut our eyelids <laughs> off here. We don't blank. <laughs> But, you know, we also don't have a rearview mirror here. We're always looking ahead, baby. Mm-mm. Never all, going all back. All gas, no brakes. That's why the Millennium Falcon doesn't have a rearview mirror. It's always looking ahead. All gas, no brakes. Jumping into hyperspeed, not going back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so while we might not have a, uh, a Moats hype speech, we will certainly have plenty to get to as the week rolls along. We will have our Here We Go song, as always, on Friday. And it was Ravens Week last year that started the Here We Go song Absolutely. tradition. So everything, Absolutely. Coming, everything coming full circle on, the, on Friday's show. But first, tomorrow, we'll talk to our buddy Brian Backo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And uh, we will continue to break down Steelers, Ravens. You know, one of the things that we got to talk about on the show tomorrow, Arthur Moe. What you got? What you got? Marylanders and their obsession with that disgusting flag. <laughs> yes, yes. So we'll talk about that. I hate it. 
So we'll yes. talk about that on the show tomorrow. Yes. We'll talk to our buddy Brian Becko. It'll be a three-question Thursday. Like, where did that even come from? Who started it? Why is that a thing? I have a theory, all right? Why I, is that a thing? I have a theory on why Marylanders love their flag so much. They even put it on a uniform. You're like, bro, what are you doing? What are you doing? They've turned this it into terrible. a fashion statement. It's terrible. And I have a theory why, and I have examples to back it up. It's like wearing plaid and stripes. You don't do it. It's, it's too much going on. It's just, ah. But if you want to hear that discussion, you're going to have to join us tomorrow. As always, at high noon, and you know where to find us on your 24-7, home of the black and gold, Steelers. Nation Radio.